Welcome everyone to the latest edition of the SightScreen Cricket Journal podcast. I'm your host, Tovid Qureshi, and today we'll be looking back at the test series between Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. I've got an amazing guest with me today. He's an ex-international Sri Lankan cricketer. He's represented his country 139 times across all formats of the game taking 167 wickets and scoring over 1,500 runs. Um, But not only that, why I'm particularly excited is that he's actually played with some of the legends of Sri Lankan cricket, not only legends of Sri Lankan cricket, but the legends of, some of the legends of cricket full stop. So the likes of Murali and uh, Sanaf Jayasuriya to name but two. He is a fantastic bowling all-rounder in his day. Uh, he is, of course, Mr. Farves Maharuf. Welcome, Farves. Thank you, uh, Tawid. It was a nice uh, introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> No problem. Well, thank you very much for joining. I know you've kind of turned your hand now to sort of commentary and and, uh, a new kind of career in the commentary box. So I know you've been watching the the test series very closely between uh, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. So it's great to have you on. Great to get get your insights um, on the series. So to start with then, um, I've had to think back about the series because from a Bangladesh perspective, Immediately when the series ended, I think there was a sense of disappointment of of not doing better. But actually, now that the dust has settled, it's been about a week since the the end of the series. I was kind of thinking again about about how Bangladesh performed. And actually, although obviously they lost the series, I don't think it was as disappointing or I don't think they played as badly um, as, as, you know, some some people kind of said in terms of their, their immediate uh, reaction to the loss. Um, I think, you know, if you were to put a positive spin on it, you could say, really, it was just one day of bad cricket, that sort of third day of the second test where they, they kind of had that batting collapse, which um, basically put them on the back foot, gave Sri Lanka that sort of big first innings lead, which, which uh, Bangladesh can can kind of recover from. So from that point of view, you know, yeah, absolutely Sri Lanka won this the series. Um, but just just interested to from your point of view, do you think there's a big kind of difference between the sides? Yeah, I think it does when it comes to man to man, but to person to person, I don't think there was much difference among the two teams. But definitely when it comes to executing the plans and executing the individual plans and team plans, I thought Sri Lanka were far ahead watching from the combox. That's what I gathered. And also leading up to the series, Bangladesh uh, lost to West Indies at home, lost to New Zealand away. And Sri Lanka uh, going back, going into this series, uh, due the uh, test series against West Indies in West Indies in tough conditions. That was a bit of a moral boost, what they had. So overall, I thought Sri Lankans were much more prepared when it comes to uh, home conditions. And also where Bangladesh lost the series, especially in the second test match, as you said, the third day's batting, as well as uh, on the first day of the second test match, uh, you know, uh, only one wicket was uh, picked up on the 300 runs. I think close to 300 runs was scored. So those are the two days I could think of. And also... A lot of positive for Sri Lanka. I mean, the two young uh, spinners coming through the system, you know, bowl so so well. I mean, they bowl as if 
they've been playing test cricket for a longer time so that's a huge positive for sri lanka as well as the form of uh, the captain and tirimana and senior players like dhananjay disilla all who all put up put their hands up and uh, you know stamp the authority so i thought overall bangladesh did miss some key players as well i got to say that you know i think two three players were missing but saying that i thought executing the plans individually and team as a team i thought sri lankans that's how uh, you know that's that's what the differences were seen especially watching from the combox yeah i think you're absolutely right that sense of not kind of executing plans and kind of really seizing opportunities when they arise i think really uh, put bangladesh on the back foot because i think you're right i think there were certain certain passages of play where bangladesh might have got on top if they'd have executed their plans better if they'd have just applied a bit more kind of concentration or game sense um you know things might have turned out slightly differently so uh, one example that i would give of that was um towards the end of the third day of the first test where um you know uh, it was towards the end of the, the day's play that you know the light was getting a bit gloomy uh dan and jay uh, silva had only arrived at the crease he was looking a bit scratchy um and uh, ebadot ebadot the uh, bangladesh pace bowler came on to bowl uh, the edge was induced uh, off uh, to silver's back but but there was a vacant slip cordon or there was a vacant slip who had just been moved by a momenal uh, the, the captain the ball before so for me it was just slight moments like that where you know if if bangladesh were really intent on kind of forcing the issue like you say on executing their plans um you know the captain should have been more switched on i think and uh, just more uh, attuned to what was going on to 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 try to make that kind of critical breakthrough because i think at that stage sri lanka were about 190 for 3 if they'd have got that wicket the night watchman would have come in further opportunities would have presented itself um so from that point of view do you think bangladesh should have done more in terms of Well, you've already said they they should have executed their plans better, but do you think, in terms of maybe Momenal's captaincy and just the general kind of intensity levels within the field, do you think they could have improved in that area? I think the difference was uh, most of the time Momenal was uh, reactive than being proactive. So that's number one I gathered, and the first time that I watched a live game when uh, Momenal or maybe Bangladesh played, so. intensity level wise i thought sri lankans had more 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 energy uh, could uh, clearly see in uh, from the commentary box but saying that you know uh, when it comes to uh, batting of bangladesh in the first test was just magnificent i mean when you just saw how shanto and the tamim ibal and mominol all these guys batted but sri lankans did their homework right second test match come second test match the wicket was prepared a bit a uh, bit lesser grass and uh, you know more suitable for spinners all they won the all important toss as well as uh, when it comes to team selection wise uh, i thought bangladesh going in for three seamers in the second test match you know i questioned that on ai as well i mean sri lanka took the other step around they dropped a spinner sorry dr fastball and picked up a spinner whereas uh, in bangladesh played that round so i thought that's why i said sri lankans were much prepared going into the uh, second test match and also it, it was quite evident like three quicks on that wicket you know you know didn't do that much 
But whereas if Bangladesh had a, a quality another spinner with an like a batsman or a bowler who could bat or a batsman who could bowl well, I thought that would have been a difference as well. But saying that, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Sri Lanka. They were just magnificent. The entire test match, they never let the Bangladeshis to uh, raise their heads. I mean, when they were strangled, they were strangled properly. So I thought a lot of credit should go to Sri Lanka and also a lot of lessons to be learned for Bangladesh. I mean, uh, some several, some some uh, you know passage of plays where they just were going through the motions. There was no fight. So those are the things this young young team should uh, learn from and uh, bring it to the next series what they play for. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, ironic what you say about um, the team selection for the second test where they went in with those three quick bowlers, Bangladesh, because actually, if you look back over sort of previous series and previous years, <laughs> more than one sort of fast bowler has very much been the exception. No, I, understand, I, I understand the first test match, Bangladesh picking up three fast bowlers because there was so much grass and even we thought, I uh, was looking at the wicket, that it was going to be much more uh, conducive for seamers, whereas even Sri Lanka picked up uh, three seamers for the first test. So it, it didn't happen. So when there was less grass and the less moisture in the second test match, I think Bangladesh misread the wicket. I think first test, Sri Lanka misread the wicket. Captain said, you know, if he had won the toss, he was going to bowl, whereas uh, Mamil won the toss and batted. So I thought uh, it's a bit of a bit of a dilemma where with the second test match, Bangladesh misread the wicket. So I clearly knew, we clearly knew there was less water added to the wicket and it's going to take spin at least by third day. I, th I think I remember I did the pitch report for the second day and I predicted it's going to turn by end of third day and it actually turned out to be. So, uh, you know, I guess, I'm just guessing that uh, Bangladesh uh, did misread the wicket uh, in the second test match. Yeah, they certainly could have uh, done with an extra spinner uh, in that second test match, like you say. Um, obviously, they went in with Tigel and Mehdi um, uh, Miraz as well. But, um, yeah, like you say, yeah, you're right. That third spinner really is Shakib, who is obviously wasn't playing because he was in the idea. I mean, Shakib, I don't think anyone could replace Shakib. He's, he's identity himself. So what I'm saying is when it comes to, you know, numbers in the team, the, the dimensions, the balance, I thought it was lost because... We take the three fast bowlers apart from Tuskin. The rest of the fast two bowlers, I think uh, the left arm quick, Shariful, did bowl a lot. But Abu Jai didn't bowl that lot and he was very ineffective, uh, especially in the second test match. So that's where a second spinner, a third spinner would have been idle. I mean, a spinner who could bat. And unfortunate that Bangladesh, boasting so many all rounders in the cup to spinners, you know, couldn't fit in uh, a place like at, uh, what Shakib Bailasan been doing for such a long time. So, it's something that they got the think tank should think of. I mean, I've been, I've been, I'm a big follower of Bangladesh cricket. I mean, I played a lot of domestic cricket in Bangladesh, so I know the system very well. So there are there are a lot of uh, players coming through, but whether they miss that uh, place in that level, I have a big question. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. Obviously, Shakib is totally irreplaceable, but um, yeah. I think they really, like you say, they really missed a top order batsman who could come in and bowl some some sort of part-time spin, even if it was sort of 10, 15 overs in the innings. I think that would have made a, a big difference, a bit like what Dan and Jaya uh, De Silva did for Sri Lanka throughout the series. Um, but to, to, to kind of look at some positives from, from the Bangladesh point of view, you're right. I think uh, the way they batted in that first innings in the first test was very impressive. Like you say, choosing to bat itself, having one yeah. of the 
Toss was quite a bold step, and uh, you know the way that Tamim sort of raced out the blocks was was uh, really impressive. And like you say, Nujmul Hassan, uh, Shantu's century, as well as Mongol's century, all uh, things to be pleased about. Um, one thing, if I was being actually sort of ultra critical, is the way that Tamim seemed to get out throughout the series, and actually. He's, he's kind of got out in similar ways in the previous series against West Indies, whereby when he's very well set, you know, he's in the 90s, he looks like he's, he's well set for a century. He seemed to kind of give his wicket away a little bit, I would say, certainly. Uh, in that I, I thought, went, I got Tommy looking at Tamim's three dismissals. Um, the first test, when he was a 90, yes, played a very loose stroke outside the Oster. Second test match, left arm spin, a correct slip, playing a defensive shot. Nothing, nothing wrong that Tamim did, but just a good delivery and good uh, variation shown by the debutant Pravin Javikram. And second innings of the test match, he got a peach from Ramesh Mendis. I don't think, I mean, it will be very critical to point Tamim out when it comes to, I mean, if he had played a bad stroke, I would have been, I would have, you know, said the same. But I don't think, apart from the first test when he got caught in the slips on 90, don't think that uh, Tamim uh, did uh, play badly. I mean, just that second and sixth test match, both innings, he too, he got two pitch uh, deliveries from two uh, newcomers. Yeah, certainly. I think that sort of second innings of the second test, I think by that stage, I think all the Bangladesh batsmen were pretty kind of uh, spent mentally. You, you could tell that, you know, that huge 400 plus target was never achievable. It was just a, a case of trying to occupy the crease. And, and like you say, the yeah. pitch is turning, they're always going to get uh, some, some good deliveries to, to exploit that. Um, but yeah, just going back to the positives, and, and you mentioned him before, Tuskin, Tuskin Ahmed, um, just the fact, what impressed me, so he took eight wickets across both tests. Um, but what in, impressed me, I think, more than those wickets was just the sheer number of overs that he bowled. Uh, for someone who's been quite injury prone in the in the past, who's battled against kind of fitness issues, only coming back to test match, uh, test match cricket after quite a long, considerable break, I was very impressed by the number of overs he bowled and by the way that he uh, kind of maintained his intensity and his speed throughout those overs. Yeah, definitely. Um, what what was your kind of view on on, on his bowling? Yeah, definitely. Taskin was the biggest when it comes to uh, when it comes to bowling attack. I thought Paijul and Mendy did bowl well, but uh, if if I had to pick choose one among the entire Bangladesh bowling lineup, I think it's going to be Taskin. Uh, not too sure whether he picked up more wickets or that's one of the spinners picked up more wickets for Bangladesh. But saying that, the two Test matches coming back from injury, playing coming into a Test series. Uh, you know, the intensity is short. You, you spoke about the uh, word intensity. So every spell he came in, there was some sort of a plan, some sort of a energy built up. I mean, it's not easy bowling more than 50 overs in a test series. It's no, it's not, it's no easy work. So what this boy, what he did, you know, single-handedly carried the entire fast bowling attack of uh, Bangladesh. That's what exactly what he did. And I, it reminds me of a bit of Mustafi Murtaza when he was playing test matches. That's exactly what he did. Sometimes he play, Bangladesh plays with three fast bowlers and one lonely uh, quick in Mustafi. So you know, if I if I'm to sum up one in one word uh, of Tuskin in this series, I would say lion-hearted because he kept on running, never never looked like a, a guy a player without any gas. He looked hungry. 
he looked, he was giving his 150% every time he came to a spell. So the biggest, when it comes to the entire Bangladesh tour of Sri Lanka, the test series, the biggest positive, I would say, Paskin. Runs, when it comes to runs, yes, the batsmen have dominated more. But to win a test match, you need bowlers to take 20 wickets. And you need, especially fast bowlers, who will run in, run in the entire day for the captain. So that's exactly what uh, Taskin did. And that's a very good hallmark of a cricketer, giving his uh, all, though things aren't looking rosy for Bangladesh when it came to the fourth day of the test match, he still, he still kept on running for the team. So that's a very good, uh, very good body language to have. And I'm sure you know, Taskin will uh, you know, only get better and better. Yeah, I think I think any uh, Bangladesh follower or Bangladesh supporter will, will certainly hope that's the case. And yeah, just the, like you say, the sheer volume of overs that he bowled was quite staggering. He bowled 30 overs uh, in a single innings in, in the, uh, the first test. And then I think he bowled something like 38 overs in the second test. So I think he's well due uh, a rest. And, and actually, I think one of the, the issues that uh, Bangladesh might have is in the future is how to kind of use him effectively because I think yeah. there will be a temptation to overbowl him, particularly like you say when when some of the other bowlers aren't are bowling as well. Um, so like you said, Abu Jayed had had quite a disappointing series. Shoreford was only quite new. Everdart as well in the first test was you know bowled well in patches only. So yeah, I think the challenge will be for someone like Mominor in his captaincy, not to kind of overbowl him um, and try I to... Think, I think more than, more than the captain, it's, a, it's the duty of the selectors how to use uh, Tusky Naman. So nowadays, you know, you don't see much fast bowlers playing all three formats. Saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what's, what's best for Tusky. You know, that's not my duty to say it, but all I can say is it's important to manage his workload. And also, I've been seeing a lot of fast bowlers coming through uh, in the Bangladesh setup. In the, I was part of the under-19 uh, World Cup where Bangladesh won and I was the manager of the Sri Lankan team. So I've, I've seen some good bowlers coming through when it comes to fast bowlers. So talent is there in Bangladesh, but just that, you know, getting the right individual to play the right format of the game, it's very important. So that's where the, uh, you know, the think tank, the selectors, the management should work on and, you know, have, have sets of players who they think that, you know, will, will be more suitable for each format. So I think saying that it will be only, only betterment for Tuskin's future if his workload be managed, but that is not captain's job. That is the management and the selectors and the coaches job to manage his workload and, you know, uh, look after him. Absolutely, yeah. I, I suppose I was looking at it from the point of view when he's playing an actual test. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, it's, it's hard enough for a, a top-order batsman to play all three formats of the game, let alone a fast bowler. It, it just doesn't happen. And personally, I'm someone who absolutely loves test cricket. I don't think Bangladesh sort of give enough kind of prominence to it. So, I, you know, I would hope that he does, you know, continue to play tests as, as, as long as he can, yeah. and that he's allowed to develop uh, kind of in that role. Certainly, I know with the, there's the, uh, the ODI series that's, uh, supposed to be beginning in a couple of weeks. I'd be very disappointed if if he actually features in that series because I think he really should have a bit of a rest. Um, so moving on then, looking at things as we have done uh, from a Bangladesh point of view, but now let's look at uh, a little bit from the Sri Lankan point of view. You've already touched on it, but there's there's no way that we can have this conversation and not 
talk about uh, Pravin, Jerry Wickerama, uh, particularly, you know, that, that performance in, in the second test, taking those 11 wickets. Uh, well, first of all, he took that six wicket haul in the first innings, which was the best performance uh, by a, a Sri Lanka bowler on debut. Um, just, I mean, I'm, I'm quite, well, not surprised. Um, I, I, I think I kind of follow world cricket fairly closely, but I hadn't heard of him prior to this game. I think not many people who, who you know, unless you follow Sri Lankan cricket very closely, I think you wouldn't have heard of him at all, really. I actually did uh, a preview of this series with uh, someone you know very well, Roshan uh, Abe Singh, and I don't think he'd uh, kind of, knew too much about him either. So just interested in his story, where has he come from? Um, you know, how good do you think he could be in, in terms of his potential? I mean, cricket is a funny game. So they say, there's an old saying, someone's loses someone's game. So how Pravin Jayakum got into the squad was uh, the top number one spinner in Sri Lanka, left-arm spinner, Lassit Campbell, then he was injured during the uh, West Indies tour. And then his immediate replacement was other two. There are other two. There were two other spinners, left-arm spinners. So one was the other guy, uh, other player who was supposed to replace uh, Lassit Temple. Then he was injured too. And the third backup was, did fail a fitness test. So that's how, like, I should I should be saying the third choice was uh, Kevin Javikram. So that's how he got into the squad. So he never played the first test for certain reasons. And speaking to some of the players who played against him in the nets, uh, they said, you know, the players I spoke to did say that, you know, what was, uh, what Praveen possessed is good, you know, good control, good variations, good fight of the ball. And, uh, you know, un, un, you know, it's just unorthodox by the way he delivers the arm. Sometimes it's a bit squarish, sometimes it's right on top. So those are the things that I gathered. So when it comes to his first class, uh, first class career, it's just been a couple of years since he started playing. So there was no much eyebrows to raise with his performances. Yes, yep, that's the that's the truth. So that's where the boy's character comes in. The way he bowled, the the experience what he showed, the the maturity levels he showed to bowl against each other, Bangladesh experienced batsman. That's where Sri Lanka won the series. Because normally you expect a debutant spinner who's leading the attack to have a bit of, you know, butterflies in the stomach, you know, be nervous, some loose stories, but you hardly saw that from Praveen Jayakram. So that shows, you know, in our first class, in Sri Lankan first class structure, there are good players coming through. Just we have to identify them. That's exactly what the Bangladesh, Bangladesh cricket board should do as well. There are a lot of cricketers coming in, but it's important to have the quality than the quantity. So that's where the, both the cricket boards uh, should be looking into the future. Going into uh, you know that's you take Sri Lanka this year, the calendar is non-stoppable. You know, they'll be playing cricket entire the entire 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 year. So that you need a bigger squad. So you need backup. So when it comes to Pravin Jayakrama, yes, came to the under system, uh, played a couple of years of first class cricket, straight thrown into the deep sea of test cricket. Here we go. That shows the character of the boy who just came up primes. Yes, certainly. I think what impressed me the most, you've said it already, was just his calmness and his maturity. Um, because, yeah, the, the the top order of Bangladesh, well, there, there are some key wickets that he got there. Obviously, he got Tamim um, out in the in the first innings of uh, 
uh, first innings of Bangladesh's batting innings that was and, and I think that was a real crucial wicket he obviously he changed the angle of attack he bowled he wasn't afraid to bowl around the wicket which he did he slanted it across Tommy and uh, he, he kind of got the edge there. So that was a key wicket. And then obviously getting someone like Mushafika Rahim out as well with the arm ball, the one that skidded on a bit more, trapping uh, Mushafika back on back on the crease as well was, was a fantastic result. So, yeah, I was, I was certainly impressed by his um, maturity, the, the fact that he wasn't phased at all by, you know, the opposition who he was bowling at was, uh, was, was certainly... Um, a big a big plus point. Um, one thing uh, also I thought he was he was ably uh, supported by Ramesh Mendes who who as well bowled very well in tandem with him. And yeah, one thing that that interested me was that actually if you look at those the respective spinners on both sides, so Taijul and Mehdi Miraj Hassan you would say are more experienced spinners. They have more test wickets, obviously, but actually they were out bowled. So both Mendes and uh, Wickerama basically out bowled two more kind of experienced bowlers, which I thought was uh, was was a real big plus for them as well. I think more it's it's more down to the situation of the game. Generally, a test match wicket doesn't spin on the first day. So that's where Taijul and Mominul bowled in the second test match. So, you know, if, if, if you say out bowl, I don't think Taijul, I mean, just Taijul sometimes just pushed, was pushing it, uh, you know, quite quick, trying to contain the batsman. That is purely because he was bowling on the first day and second day of the test match when there's no spin at all. So, where else there are Praveen and uh, uh, Ramesh Mendish bowl, that was the third day. I mean, that's the day it started spinning a little bit. And also runs on the board. When you have 409 runs on the board, spinners definitely loves uh, you know scoreboard pressure to the batsman. So overall, I think you know percentage-wise, very hard to say. Uh, Taijul and Mahendra uh, Hassan was outbowled, but situation of the game did shows that you know they did outbowl them. But I don't think Bangladesh should be that worried when it comes to the spin attack. Yes, they did, did bowl well, but they bowled well when there was not much purchase from the wicket. So where else when Sri Lankans were bowling, there was a little purchase. And also when you have a spell of six wickets by a, a youngster in a magical spell, most of the time, uh, you know, scoreboard doesn't reflect the real picture. So that's where I think uh, the real picture is. I, I don't think I will I will uh, pinpoint saying Mehendi and Taijul did their off series. I don't, I don't think I can say that because they did bowl well in patches. But of course, you know, on their day, they can be match winners for Bangladesh. So I don't think Bangladesh should be too disheartened by uh, the two spinners' performances. I mean, they, they, are, they are world beaters. They have shown in the past. So I'm pretty sure that you know, they'll bounce back. Yeah, I hope so. And yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of the time, they, they were bowling in very tough conditions. So that, that really long uh, innings that Sri Lanka had in the first test, where they racked up those sort of 600-odd runs, declared uh, bowling long spells on you know unresponsive surfaces it's it's bound to be very difficult to, to actually take wickets in those in those circumstances and um, yeah absolutely I think um, scoreboard pressure really really is a, 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 a big deal for when, when you're a spinner coming on to bowl um, and 
actually, Tigel did pick up five wickets in the uh, the second uh, Sri Lankan innings, but I think by that time, Sri Lanka were obviously looking for quick runs to set up that big uh, run chase in, in the last innings. But, you know, he picked up those five wickets nonetheless, and uh, something, something to be pleased about. So let's just uh, move away then from the test series briefly and, and look towards uh, the ODI series. So this is quite interesting for a number of reasons. I, I actually was quite surprised that these ODIs had actually been scheduled in, given the, the situation with the coronavirus pandemic. Well, I would say throughout South Asia, obviously there's lots of, uh, you know, where there's an emergency, an emergency situation in India at the moment, and obviously the situation in Sri Lanka and Bangladesh as well isn't, isn't very good either. So firstly, I was quite surprised that those uh, games have been scheduled in. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've got any views on that. I mean, do you think those games will actually go ahead? I think I should. I mean, pandemic, you know, Sri Lanka, if you take an example, Sri Lanka, you know, Sri Lanka has hosted LPL in a bubble, hosted West Indies in a bubble, and hosted Bangladesh in a bubble. So life has to move on. I think if there's no danger being in a bubble and playing, and, uh, if, you know, if you have, if the medical authorities and the authorities around it have the confidence they could, you know, protect the bubble and uh, play around. I think the life has to move on, isn't it? I mean, it's been it's been more than a year, and if the precautions can be taken and measures can be taken and and uh, matches can be played behind doors with absolute uh, zero visitors and can protect the bubble, I think everything should go move ahead. You know, Sri Lanka is the biggest example. LPL was done brilliantly. You know, I mean, it comes to the uh, tour of England. You know, they were really lucky to come, but. They came as well, had a great series, played two test matches, no problem at all. And if I look at, you know, IPL, yes, of course, it got cancelled because some sort of uh, bubble was breached in some area. So that's what happened. So in my opinion, you know, last year, there was so much cricket lost. And also, we're looking at the player's perspective as well as, uh, you know, uh, running a cricket board. You need matches to happen. And players perspective, they've got to play as a professional to, you know, have their life. So, you know, life has to move on and all the precautions, if been taken, I don't see a problem. Uh, it shouldn't be happening. It should happen because the life has to move on. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a fan's point of view, from someone who's watching cricket only on TV as, 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 as I am at the moment, it, yeah, I, I really want it to go ahead as well. I'm, I'm, you know, as much cricket as can be played is, is, is obviously great for, for, for people watching on TV. Um, obviously, if, if it's not impacting on, on you know, the situation that's, that, that's there at the moment, um, I guess um, just looking at, well, actually, you were saying about all the teams that Sri Lanka have, have hosted during uh, the pandemic. So similarly, Bangladesh did host West Indies back in January, February time. That was actually quite a long tour, including ODIs and the test. Uh, they also hosted the Island A team uh, recently, as well as the South African uh, women's emerging women's team. team. Yeah, exactly. So there have been sort of tours that have been going on over the last sort of four or five months. So let's hope that continues. That um, was so, yeah. Yeah, just looking at the series itself then, I mean, the way that I see it, I would feel that Bangladesh will be in a good position or in a quite strong position. They've obviously got uh, Shakib coming back from the IPL as well as Mustafa Zor uh, uh, 
it to, to kind of bolster the bowling attack there. Plus, you know, bowling, uh, sorry, playing at home, you would expect, um, you know, that, well, all of their players, their batsmen and their spinners to be quite happy uh, with those conditions. They beat the West Indies recently at home 3-0, although it was quite a weakened West Indies team. Um, what, what, how do you see that series panning out in terms of the two strengths of the teams? I think Bangladesh will definitely go as favourites because clearly uh, they won the series against West Indies 3-0, though they lost to New Zealand in New Zealand. I don't think it doesn't reflect the same picture. Sri Lanka coming into the one-day series, they lost to West Indies in West Indies 3-0. So well, coming into this, it's it's they, you know, there, there, there are talks that most or, most most of the uh, uh, senior players will be rested slash you know not considered blah blah blah. So you know you never know. Um, Scott is not being officially announced yet. So in case if 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 you know the young team comes in, I could see a lot of enthusiasm. I could see a lot of hunger from the youngster generally when you introduce some youngsters, you, you will definitely see a big difference in the team. So I expect that from Sri Lanka if that happens. But clearly, with Mustafa Azur and Shakib Al-Hassan coming into the team, you know, definitely that will strengthen Bangladesh a lot. I'm not too sure about Mahmudullah whether he'll be available or not. So overall, I think Bangladesh will go in as favourite. Sri Lanka will be underdogs. But underdog stacks definitely suit Sri Lanka because, you know, even our players, days, we... we we love to have that tag of underdog rather than being favourites. You know, there's less, less, uh, less expectations when it comes to delivering it. So that's where you could go out there and enjoy. And, you know, when, when you enjoy your cricket, when you play without fear, most of the time you come out prime. So I reckon Sri Lanka is not well when it comes to the past performance, not well drilled. But I won't be surprised if Sri Lanka, you know, surprises one of the things. Because mainly because you know winning the Test series one nil, the mentality coming in, and also uh, you know if the newcomers come through, you know that's a bit different energy bubbling through as well. So overall, much look forward series coming up because uh, it's very important that both these countries build up the team for the 2023 World Cup. So I think it starts from now, and uh, it's it's a very a very interesting uh, one day series to watch. Absolutely. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And of course, there are points at stake for the uh, World Cup Super League, um, which makes which makes those games even more important. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how Sri Lanka perform. If if the youngsters that they've got in the test uh, team are anything to go by, I think they've got uh, lots of exciting talent uh, within within the setup there. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that all pans out. Um, so let's leave it there, Favez. I mean, it's been great speaking to you about, you know, all things test cricket related, ODI cricket related. I'm sure we could speak for, for a lot longer, but it's, 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 it's genuinely been, been fantastic having you on and getting all your insights. So thank you once again. Thank you, Tawit. Thanks for having me and it was a pleasure.